0: Seattle, Seattle, and you need to buy yourself a home. We'll be right there for you. Because we're the realities that you can trust. So go to Ron and Bussetown. Hey, everybody, it's the Ron and Don Show ronanddon.com Hey you guys, what's going on? It's episode number 222 now of the Ron and Don Show. What
1: is up Ron and Don Nation?
0: Yeah, don't forget you can always reach out to us at ronanddonsitdown.com
1: Yeah, especially if you are thinking about or you know somebody that's thinking about a real estate change we would love to send you a free playbook Either for a seller or a buyer. You can get it right now at ronadonsitdown.com up at the top. We just click on blog or email me directly, ron at windermere.com. Things are heating up in Seattle. A lot of inventory coming on. So if you've been thinking about, yeah, why do I live here? Let's make a change. Contact me.
0: Yeah. Hey, coming up on the Ronadon Show, you get a divorce in Washington State because your spouse cheats on you. It's a 50 50 state. It's not going to court. You can try to take it to court, but the judge is going to go, 50 50 it's no fault of your own or your own or maybe it's all your faults they're trying to keep things out of the court system you have a story that's coming up that's pretty
1: interesting though. yeah in six states right now in the united states you can sue the person your spouse cheated on so do the math there your spouse was cheating with someone you're the one that was wronged you can sue that person and believe it or not Some lawyers have been winning those cases. Yeah, so
0: we'll talk about that and also worldwide pandemic going on. And they say now it'll take 7.7 years at least, at least to vaccinate 75% of the world in order to reach herd immunity. But now there's a company stepping in and saying, hey, we think we can help speed that up. Before we get to that, let's get to this. Super Bowl just happened. By the time you're listening to this, it happened weeks ago. Tom Brady's already been drunk. He has already thrown the Super Bowl trophy to the Gronk, which, by the way, I thought was fantastic. The question is, though, if the Gronk drops that Super Bowl trophy, how do you fish that thing back out of Tampa Bay? How do you do that?
1: Uh, I Probably with some divers. There's plenty of divers there. This celebration that the Gronk had...
0: I, they, there was no social distancing. No social distancing. On. Nobody had a mask on. But but I'm, he
1: just seems like fun, though. The like he seems fun absolutely and, fun. Yeah,
0: and Tom Brady. Uh, seemed like turn, he had
1: some tequila. Turned he good into sport.
0: turned into a version of the Gronk that I absolutely. I'm a, not a big alcohol person anymore. But version of Tom Brady. I actually enjoyed watching Tom Brady let go, have a good time, enjoy his teammates, enjoy Tampa Bay. And I think what we found out is that 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 Tom Brady was the Patriot Patriots way, not Bill Belichick. That's not what I want to talk about, though. I want to talk about the two coaches. In uh, these two particular coaches, uh, I thought did some pretty incredible things. For different reasons. I thought one of the coaches did something incredibly brave, and I thought one of the other coaches did something incredibly stupid. I'm going to tell you a story that I don't hear anyone talking about. Everybody is talking about Andy Reid of the Chiefs, or they're not talking about. In fact, I only watched the first two hours of the pregame before the Super Bowl, and it was interesting that the network did not want to talk about the auto accident in the DWI that Andy Reid's son, Britt, got right before the Super Bowl. In fact, he was leaving the Chiefs facility. He's the the
1: linebacker coach, by the way. he's
0: the linebacker coach, but is he really the linebacker coach? I'll get to that in a moment. So anyway, he's driving home. He's high on Adderall. One of the reasons why people take Adderall is because you can just drink more. Uh, He has consumed a lot of alcohol in his life. He has been to federal prison as a result of pulling guns on people when he was drunk and high on Adderall. In fact, let me take you back to 2007. Here's a story nobody's talking about, but I remember Terrestrial Radio on News Talk stepping to a microphone in 2007 and talking about Andy Reid's other son. His other son that's dead. Andy Reid, the coach of the Kansas City Chiefs, who is 2007, the coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. He's standing in a Philadelphia courtroom, and the judge says to him and to his wife and to his two sons that are about to go to prison for 22 to 24 months, hey, Andy, I think you love your kids. I think your wife loves your kids, but there is no structure at home whatsoever. You know how we know that? Because both your sons are drug dealers, and both your sons are dealing drugs out of your home. Did you know that, Andy? Do you care about that, Andy? Maybe you should take a break from coaching Andy and deal with what's happening in your home life with your two kids. Andy didn't do that. He kept coaching in Philadelphia, and then he took a job in Kansas City, And when his two sons got out of the penitentiary, by the way, one spent longer in the penitentiary because he's actually dealing drugs once he got in the penitentiary. The reason he was dealing drugs in the penitentiary, he said he got a high out of getting other people high, and it was fun. They get out. They're now in Kansas City, and Andy says to one of his kids, he's like, you know what, you're now my strength conditioning coach coach and you're my linebacker coach, the other kid with a winking or not. How you qualify to be those kind of coaches in the NFL, I don't know when your background is the penitentiary. The reason I'm talking about this, because I'm going to talk about Bruce Arians and his coaching staff in a moment and how hard all these African-American men had to work to become coaches in the National Football League. And he puts his sons on his staff. Nobody's talking about this. One of his sons ends up Odin and accidentally kills himself, which doesn't really seem like much of an accident to me. It seems like he was on a crash course to do this. And then the other son is the linebacker coach. Who got pulled over weeks ago, high in Adderall. Well, he didn't get pulled over, did he? He got in an accident with a mom, three kids. As we're broadcasting right now, this mom's five-year-old daughter is in critical care, and she is not awake. And they don't know if she'll ever be awake. They don't know to what extent her brain is damaged. At the time of the Super Bowl, there's a GoFundMe page. It had $523,000 in it for this family, for this little girl, for this mom who's trying to raise these three kids that Andy's son had T boned. So Andy's son is in the hospital. This little girl is in the hospital on life support. And Andy's sitting there going, You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do what I've always done. I'm going to put football before my family and I'm going to go coach on Super Bowl Sunday. What does he do if he wins that game? Is he in the locker room drinking champagne, knowing that someone on his coach's son, who's also, or someone on his coaching staff, who's also his son, is also in the hospital suffering? People wonder why the Chiefs played so poorly. I know why they played so poorly. Because of the story that the NFL never talked about. I went back three hours before the broadcast. They had mentioned it. And then the rest of the way, there were no Andy Reid stories. NFL could have raised a lot of money for that little girl. The Chiefs uh, were aware of this, and thoughts and prayers are with everyone. The owner of the Chiefs should have told Andy, Andy, you're not coaching today. Go be with your son. Because if we do win, we can't have you in the locker room popping champagne while a little girl has brain damage, and she may die. She may never wake up. And one of your coaches did this. So they lose the game. The team plays poorly. Andy's asked about this. And he says, well, you know what? I really feel for that little girl, but I'm a dad too. NFL has said nothing. Andy doesn't fire his son. They say his son's contract has not been renewed. Now, let's go over to the other sideline. Bruce Arians has more coaches on his staff than anyone else in the NFL. All the coaches on his coaching staff are either women or they're African American. When Bruce Arians is asked, why are your coaches black or women? He said, because they're the best candidates and they just happen to be black because they're great coaches. They just want to, they just want a Super Bowl. He said it's also because these men, none of them were given a chance. Byron Lefwich, great coach. He would never be given a chance to coach in the NFL if Bruce Arians didn't give him that opportunity. He barely had a chance to play quarterback in the NFL. And now here he is, shot caller, play caller for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So everybody's celebrating that today. Look at Bruce Arians. As we're speaking, there are many jobs open the National Football League for head coaches. As we're recording, do you know how many of those coaches from the Tampa staff are being sincerely considered by owners to coach other teams in the National Football League? Guess! The number is zero. So Andy Reid can come in, enable his son, hide them on his coaching staff. Both have been to the penitentiary. Both of them get a new start on his coaching staff. He still chooses to coach in the Super Bowl. Owner doesn't back him down. To that owner, that Super Bowl trophy was more important than that little girl. The NFL and the network itself could have raised a lot of money for this little girl and this single mom. They never did that. They never talked about it because football was more important than that family. And then where are... The opportunities for the coach on the other sideline who did it right. Who gave men and women an opportunity that they would never receive from anyone else in the National Football League. And we, you know what we found out is these owners are out there looking for coaches right now and not looking toward that Tampa Bay staff. That's systemic racism. Racism. You may not like that word systemic and you might not like the word racism. But the way the NFL is built, they don't have to come out on horses and lanterns and burn crosses in our front yard and put pillowcases on their heads. This is baked into the culture of the National Football League. The owners, what do they own? They own the contracts of these players. These players, this workforce, they're not all millionaires like we're born to think. 2% of college athletes make it in the NFL. Their career lasts 1.8 years. Most of them end up bankrupt. I was very ashamed of that broadcast, the Super Bowl. I've heard no one talk about this. This is nothing I've read. I've heard no one talk about Andy's other son in 2007. I just thought it was pretty important to bring it up today. Two coaches. One that gave his son's opportunity because of his privilege. And one is dead. And one now may have killed a little girl. And then the other coach. Bruce Aaron's a white coach, giving black men and women an opportunity that no other coach in the NFL gave an opportunity toward. And the NFL remains silent for the Byron Lefkowitz of the world, who's on the Tampa staff. It's a lot of talking. I'll get your reaction to that one.
1: Uh, Well said. And I, I appreciate you. Taking the, the, you know, having passion when you say that. I I have heard critics of the NFL call for the the coaching um, situation to be looked at again. Uh, This is a long-standing situation in the NFL. We even saw it here in Seattle with the Seahawks. You have coordinators that are the sons of former head coaching greats. They shuffle them around. Shuffle them around coordinator to coordinator. Um, Everybody gets a job except for... Uh, like you said, the, the black coaches in this league, um, I, I saw one proposal that came out and said, maybe we should wait on any coaching changes, hit the pause button until after the Super Bowl is over. So that at least the coaches that just won the Super Bowl, that should be hot commodities at that time, get a chance to be looked at. Um, and so I heard that debate happen between Michael Wilbon, who's black, and Tony Kornheiser, who's white. And, uh, Wilbon is, is sort of saying, yeah, that seems like it'd be a smart move. Why can't we just hit the pause button for an additional four to five weeks? Uh, and I agree with him. I think it's shame. you and I worked uh, for an NFL broadcast team and NFL team the Oakland Raiders. It's been over like 1998, maybe. So it's been
0: 1997.
1: 97. It's been over 20 years. Mm-hmm. At that time, say what you will about Al Davis, it was the only football team that had a female executive the only football team that had hired a Hispanic coach in Tom Flores, the only football team that had hired a black coach in Art Schell, mm-hmm. uh, And it was the only one. And at the time we were there, um, we applauded that. And then we're like, this should be the trend. Right. The Rooney rule was out. Uh, you saw people like Coach Tomlin get hired by uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers where the, the, the Rooney rule was invented. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, and it's like, okay, we're gonna see a trend here. We got some momentum. Uh, here we go. Danny Green's getting hired uh, another black coach. um Marvin Lewis is getting hired. You're seeing guys from these prestigious coaching trees getting head coaching jobs and and then it just sort of died. That momentum died because you you stick these coaches. Um, in franchises, they can't go anywhere. The Clevelands, the Cincinnati's of the world, the Jets Jets of the world. Um, uh, um, Edwards, what's coach Edwards' first name? We play to win the games. Great coaches, great men. Herm Edwards. Herm Herm Edwards. You, You give them these, the lower tiered teams with no support, no talent, no players, and you say, Hey, I'm going to be crass here. Hey, black guy, go win with that. And they can't win when you're up against Belichick and you're up against the Denver Broncos and you're up against the you know these franchises, Dallas Cowboys that have uh, basically unlimited budgets. And so, Jerry Jones, you just had a coaching change. Did you look at any black coaches? Like, what would it mean for the Dallas Cowboys to have a black head coach in the South? Everything. New Orleans, and I love Sean Payton. He, he brought a Super Bowl to New Orleans. New Orleans, are you looking at black coaches? Flo- all the Florida teams, not just Tampa Bay. They have Jacksonville, they have Miami, they have Tampa Bay. Are, where are the co- Atlanta. And even all the other coaches out West. In L.A., In San Diego are are, you can't hire Hispanic or Hawaiian or Polynesian. Like there's a lot of talent that has come up through the NFL, the Pacific Islanders. Why aren't they head coaches? Like it's absolutely ridiculous that we still have this argument uh, 20 plus years later than when you and I first worked in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And yet none of those teams hesitate when it came time for us to do broadcasts to trot out, and, and, and sort of pat people on the shoulder, um, uh, the Drew Pearsons of the world, or when we were in, in, uh, in Oakland, it's like, hey, you guys want to talk to Art Tatum? Do you want to talk, you, you talk to all these people? We're not going to hire them to be in management. We're not going to hire them to be coaches, but you know, they'll come out and be a cheerleader for the team and a cheerleader for the NFL. And while, while we're going down this thread, It is a couple things that Twitter has pointed out that are just shameful. NFL, how do you paint end racism on a sideline in the end zone directly above the word chief? Are you kidding me? Your mascot is a Native American and four feet above the word chiefs, you paint the words end racism. So that's number one. Number two How dare you use an image of Colin Kaepernick to be woke when you've blackballed Colin Kaepernick for three years and you've trotted out every third-rate double-A college quarterback to be in the league and never had Colin Kaepernick come and be on a team again? How dare you use his image when – Dude was in a Super Bowl. He's a competent NFL quarterback. Uh, You know, we remember him here in in Seattle because it was a championship game. And and, and the Seahawks fans feared that guy. We remember the commercial of him wearing his Beats headphones getting off the bus. It's like, how do you stop that guy, Legion of Boom? He can run. He can throw. He's athletic. He's tall. uh, He's fast. Like, look out. This is going to be a tough game because of that other quarterback on the other side of the ball. He can't get in the league and now you're using his imagery because he kneeled. Like, like it is shameful. And, and yet I'm the biggest hypocrite out there. Cause I watched every minute of that football game and I like the Super Bowl and I like the NFL. I like the sport of football. I played it my whole life. And, and um, hopefully I'm I'm holding both of these things to be true at the same time. And yet maybe um, we can be pulling in the right direction, the Bruce Arians direction of saying these people deserve to be looked at. They deserve to be head coaches. And um, yeah, it's a strange, strange thing to see the NFL say, look how woke we are. And then, James Brown, is that his name? The, the lead anchor? James Brown comes out and basically says it's not enough. And then they go right back into the packages. It's bizarre. It's absolutely bizarre. NFL can do better. They should do better. This uh, nepotism and just attaboy culture that they have in the coaching ranks with the owners is is atrocious and it's shameful And as fans, we should all be holding them to account to do better.
0: See you on the other side. It's just like talking to a longtime friend. They are so fun and they were so fun to work with.
1: When it comes to your real estate journey, you need an expert team and a playbook. The Ron and Don Playbook. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit down.
0: I think the expertise provided by Ron and Don is really something I haven't seen before. I've bought probably a half a dozen properties over my lifetime.
1: So I was just so impressed at how all in they were from the very beginning. They knew what we were going to need to do in order to get the house that I wanted. And they were absolutely committed to making that happen for me.
0: So responsive. And I would hear from them if they needed something for me immediately. If I called them, they would answer. They were super responsive. Uh, Don was a bit of a magician, being that like there was things that nobody knew the answers to. It was remarkable. And I would get the call. Hey, I was able to get the plans, the plans that if we don't get, we don't buy this house. And I get the call and there's four boxes of plans. It was amazing.
1: The sale price was 55k over ask. And that just blew us away. We were absolutely ecstatic. Thanks to their skill to negotiate, we are so grateful and so happy and so pleased. They were
0: a thousand percent instrumental in making this deal happen and making sure we closed on time and that I was able to get into my dream condo. I'm just absolutely thrilled.
1: I mean, I knew that this was gonna be hard to find and we did it so quickly and got just the perfect house in exactly where I needed it to be at a price that I feel really good about. So I could not be happier with my experience.
0: I really felt like I could trust them. They made some promises on some things Mm -hmm. that, and they delivered on them with no questions Mm -hmm. asked, you know, and they came through. I absolutely recommend Ron and Don for your real estate transactions or just a cup of coffee and a sit down.
1: Ready to get in the game? Get your playbook and schedule your Ron and Don sit down now at ronanddonsitdown.com.
0: Don't go anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don show starring Ron and Don and sometimes me at ronanddon.com. Hey guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don show episode 222. And if you're listening right now, uh, the real estate market in the Pacific Northwest and not just Seattle, you just heard from our, uh, one of our clients. It's historic. We're, we're taping now February of
1: 2021. Historic right? It is. If you're a seller, you are in a uh, good standing. You're going to get a good oh price for your house, most likely. Yeah. Uh, and if you're a buyer, we are ready to compete for you. So reach out, Ron, at wintermere.com. Get that buyer's guide, that seller's guide. Let's do this. Let's make a change in 2021.
0: Yeah. People know that money is going to get more expensive as we look in the future. So they're looking to get real estate deals done in 2021. That's why there's more buyers and sellers because money is so cheap, you guys. All right. Hey, coming up, 7.7 years. Seven point seven years to reach herd immunity around the globe. A company has stepped in now. They said we think we could have done sooner. Uh, Before we get to all that, though, uh, let's get to this. You walk down the aisle, you get married, mix all your stuff. Then all of a sudden, somebody cheats. You want out. And in Washington state, if you go stand before a judge, she's like, you know what, don't waste your time here. We do not want spouses in courts gumming up the court system. We've done that before. And at the end of the day, the quickest way to do this, tear the Band-Aid off, it's a 50-50 state. It's a no-fault state. Ron, you've been reading though in some other states. In fact, there's a specific story here where a woman has now just sued another woman for cheating with her husband. And what is happening here?
1: Yeah, so I want to get your take on this. This is from L.com. It's called, Your Husband Cheated, Should You Be Able to Sue His Mistress? In six states, Washington is not one of them, as you just said, you can sue for alienation of affection is what it's called. This is an artifact going back uh, a couple hundred years in America where you could— um, you were trying to legally protect someone's name and their chastity and the, the, the sort of purity of their I mean, puritanical values that we had. And so they go through and they, they describe this case. And in North Carolina, there's more of these cases in the other state and there have been some judgments. Um, one of them, the record is $30 million. And so legally, what you, what the, the person that was cheated on has to do is to establish that that the partners loved each other, and then this third party came in and alienated that love and then took the partner away. And so it's a very interesting legal strategy and, and, and thing that you have to thread. So in other words, in this specific case, they're doing a deposition, and the man is trying to – he's the one that cheated – He's being asked, "Did you love your wife that you had children with?" If you say no, because it puts him in a weird spot. If you say no, I did not love my wife. Well, why did you marry her then? If you say yes, then you have to establish when you stopped loving your wife, because now you're with a a new woman.
0: It doesn't mean you stop loving your wife, though. You could love your. You could love your wife, but if you say
1: you love your wife and cheat on her, now you're you're opening yourself up to the judgment. Right, because now the you, you were alienated from that love with the new woman. So, do you think uh, um, these sort of cases should be allowed in, in Washington State? Because as someone who's been divorced, uh, and and I've had a lot of people that have reached out to me and I've talked to over the years because they know that I've been divorced and I've talked about it publicly. Um, it, it's a very weird system. I get it from the from the court's point of view. I get it that you don't want people. Um, gumming up the system. And as soon as you make an accusation, like I could say, um, so and so was abusive to the children. Well, now I have to prove that. So now I got to go get witnesses. I got to get affidavits. I've got to have everything on the record. I got to have provable facts. It's very expensive to go out and to prove that someone was abusive. And then the other person says, Oh yeah. Well, they stole money out of the savings account. Well, now I got to hire forensic accountants and I got to make exhibits and I got to. So like the state of Washington, most states have just said, yeah, just you guys decide to get married. We didn't make you get married. Split it up. But, when, in a situation like the one in this article, when you've been clearly aggrieved, when there's no, when they're not contesting that, it's like, dude, you're sitting with the mistress right now. Like you're literally living with her. that that's a pretty good, easy to prove scenario in those easily proven things, um, should there be an avenue in the state of Washington?
0: No, because I don't think the laws in marriage really reflect what's going on in society. and And I think it's interesting. Because I'm I'm trying to date right now, and I'm on these dating apps. And there's an app that you told me about called Bumble. And on Bumble, the woman has to kind of pick you, so she's in she's in control. And it was an app that was created by women for women and men that gives them more of a sense of control and also they're not dealing with so many creepers. Uh, I actually find Tinder to be more interesting because Tinder just people let it all hang out and they
1: were more ways than one,
0: but they really tell you who they are, what they are and what they're looking for. And it's very specific. Uh, And there you'll find a lot of people in the gay community, lesbian community. You'll see a lot of trans people. You'll see people that are in marriages, but they're open. Uh, I didn't understand when I went back into the dating community that there's, there's a lot of policy and, and, there's words that people use where I have to go out and like, what, what, like, what does that mean? Yeah. There's a poly community. Like what is a poly community and what does that mean? And there's all kinds of ethics and ethos that goes with being in a poly relationship in a poly community. So I think getting married for a lot of people is just kind of dumb. It doesn't make sense to me. Uh, One of the reasons why people get married, they say for financial reasons, tax reasons, God reasons, children reasons. But at the end of the day, I mean, in a lot of communities, marriages end in divorce. The courts, the family courts know this. And it's just like, to your point that you just beautifully made, when when people are cheated on and you're mad and you're angry uh, and you're pissed off and you want justice – you, you want to drag everyone you can find and drag them into court, and you don't care how much it's going to cost. And usually what you do, any kind of money or savings that you and your spouse or your former spouse has saved up, the attorneys know how much money you have, and so does the court, because you have to reveal that to the court and to the attorneys. And this is what family court attorneys do. They're like, you know what? Between the two of them, they got three hundred grand. And so what they do is they sit there and they play this game and they paper each other back and forth. And when you're just down to maybe 50 grand, then they'll tell their client, hey, you know what? You should probably settle here. I mean, that's the game. The other side knows that. The other attorney knows that. Your attorney knows that. And so what the courts try to do is say, let's step in here because what we don't want to do is see people on welfare. We don't want to see men and women, and let's let's say that the man, which typically is true, is in the power position, is the breadwinner. Maybe he has stashed more money. Maybe he has more money to sue, defend, whatever. And then he ends up crushing, let's say, in a traditional Christian-evangelical marriage. A woman's at home. There's four kids. This was my mom's situation. She's My dad's out driving a truck. My mom's at home. She's taking for, care of four kids. He decides to leave. She's here now without a job and four kids, and it's like, What what the state of Illinois did not want to happen is for my mom to end up on welfare, taking care of all four kids, because that's typically where this ends up. And then your marriage ends up on the taxpayer's dime. So I think as we get older, and especially if you've already been through a divorce, I would ask yourself, I look at Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn, for instance. They have been together for decades. They share a child together. It really bothers people. They know it bothers people that they're not married. Why aren't you married? Why? And they're like, it. It just has never really dawned on us because we know when we get up every day we choose. And there's an article in People last month. It's really good. They say every day we choose to be with each other. And if there's a day where we wake up and we choose not to be with each other. Then we release that person. We let that go.
1: And in the um, state of California, though, they still could go back to 50-50.
0: Yeah. Because and, and, they've
1: been together for so long.
0: Yeah. And, there's, and then there's common law and there's, and there's all that stuff. But at the end of the day, if, if you're getting married because God is the driving force and you feel like God is a, is a party to your marriage, then allow God to be a party of, to your divorce. And would God want you beating the hell out of each other in divorce court? I don't think so. And when it comes to cheating, when somebody has already made that decision to cheat, there are so many other things that are going on in that relationship. And when you get to the point where you're cheating and and there's infidelity, it's a reflection. It's a reflection of other things that have already happened early on in that partnership, that friendship, and that marriage. And sometimes that stuff is just not repairable. And going to the other side, getting a judgment, you know what? It doesn't take care of your bitterness. Someone can write a check, uh, and maybe that heals you financially a little bit. Well, what it probably does cause the other side to do, most of the time, if it's a really big check, they're just going to file for bankruptcy, boom. That judgment goes away, boom. And they just kind of move on. So the courts just don't want to be filled with a bunch of bitter people, and now we have children involved. so that's why there's there's formulas. and that's why most states like the state of Washington are, hey, this is no contest. if you guys aren't getting along, here's the formulas, here's the rules. here here's the people that own child support and why this is how much per child. and we're gonna try to split it down the middle and move on. So what's your take on this? you you've been you you' you've been through this. I've been through it but I was only married for a couple months. And then I found out the woman that I had married in my thirties was still married to someone else. And I found that out because dude walks up in my spin class and he looks like a six foot six version of Tom Cruise and come to find out he was an Apache like Tomahawk pilot over in Iraq and Afghanistan. He had been overseas. He wasn't around. I ended up connecting with her. I had no clue that she was married. And you were there. I ended up getting married down in Sedona, Arizona. That lasted a couple months. And then when I found out, I'm like, okay, uh, we got to get this annulled. So, so my journey on that, that that's, that's my journey when it comes to marriage. I've been engaged uh, another time. And after that engagement, I'll never get engaged or married again. So I'll have a lifetime. Par- I would love to have a lifetime partner. But as far as walking an aisle in a church, I'll have a ceremony with someone. And I'll stand out in the middle of Discovery Park. Uh, and do a ceremony. But as far as going into a courthouse, right now, the rest of the way, it's just about taking care of me when I get older. If I have dementia, I don't want to be a burden to my son. And it's about not providing for my son the rest of his life, but making sure I'm an older parent and making sure he's in a situation when I'm gone, that he's going to be okay. Uh, But homie over here, you don't have time for marriage right now. Well,
1: I was just thinking, I've been the longest partner you've had. I'll do it for 40%. (laughs)
0: See you on the other side.
1: If you have a friend that is ready to start their real estate journey, send them to ronanddonsitdown.com. All
0: right, you guys, welcome back to Ron and Don Show. Don't forget, we are licensed brokers at Windermere. And when you're ready to sit down like we just did with our friend Leanne, right? We just did that with Leslie. Or we just did that with Taylor. We can do that with you. Let's just sit down, call Ron and Don sit down. We meet for about 45 minutes virtually and we talk about your real estate journey. And then we make fun of Ron. And then together uh, we decide if we're going to come out and visit your property or maybe you're a buyer. Uh, And we figure out our best strategy to jump in the market and go buy. Don't forget, even though I, Ron, we live in Seattle, we own real estate throughout the great Pacific Northwest. And if you're in Everett, if you're in Marysville, if you're in Edmonds, if you're in Fedway, Auburn. Everywhere you know, but Sultan.
1: Right, yeah. Man, Sultan, you're dead to me.
0: Over on the east side, uh, we have clients all over the place. The Ron and Don Nation is vast. So we would love to be a part of your real estate journey. So you can reach out to Ron. Just write him, Ron at ronatwindomirror.com. That's Ron at com, And let's get going on this journey. 7.7 years herd immunity around the globe. years, I would turn the news off a little bit because every time I turn around, there's some kind of mutation and they're saying, oh, the Pfizer drug, it'll do well against the mutation, but here comes Johnson & Johnson and we don't know how that's going to perform. And so they're going to have to sit there, say now, maybe six months to a year, they're going to have to change up these vaccines and maybe we'll have to get this vaccine, a lot of us, for the next five, 10 years. We're also seeing... A lot of anti-vaxxers now. Uh, John F. Kennedy Jr., an anti-vaxxer. Instagram said, you gots to go. He has 300,000 followers. And they said, the information that you're sending out is not good. It's not correct. He said, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I just want to make sure that we do healthy vaccinations. Which some would say is another way of being an anti-vaxxer. What say you? 7.7 years Pfizer says, we're going to jump in here. Uh, We think that we can do this quicker. We think that we can create uh, more vaccine. And for my friend Liz, for instance, who's a volunteer, uh, she's supposed to volunteer today. And there's no place for her to go because there's no vaccine in the city of Seattle where she was at Seattle U uh, spending time there because she is a nurse. And she's able to do those injections uh, we have firehouses, for instance. Uh we have places like Costco now that have jumped in. And Microsoft has jumped in. And we have these these the, these places and spaces where we can inoculate people, but we just don't have the vaccine to do it. Uh, what do you think this is gonna look like moving forward in seven point seven years? I don't think we can go seven point seven years, not only as a country, but uh I don't think we can do that as a state, as a city. I don't think we can do seven point seven years.
1: Well, it's not seven point seven years for Seattle. Uh, I think uh, when you look at the world, we can't worry about the world. We got to worry about our own backyard. Uh, there's, uh, it's surprising how quickly the science has been moving on this. I saw a study where they're now doing a, a, a trial where they're mixing two different vaccines together to see if it can be combined into one dose. So things like that, that they are now trying after they've gotten over 90%, 95% on a lot of these. So those sort of things are interesting. Uh, I think that now that we have a game plan, it will be moving forward. All, All we can do is take care of our own communities. And you can only be responsible for your own communities. Once your community is buttoned up and has herd immunity, then you can reach out and lend assistance to other cities, other states, other countries around the world. And I get that, but that's way above my pay grade. So that's seven and seven, 7.7 years number. It sounds daunting. And uh, there are scientists that think about the world that can help solve that problem. I think if you're local and you're not a scientist and you're just trying to live your life and get your kid back to school and get your office back open and go to a restaurant, be your be in charge of your sphere. So double mask. That's the new thing from the CDC. They say, if you have, because of the, the way the masks are gapping on the side with these new variants, the two masks is now safer than one. So figure out how to do that. Uh, When you're eligible to get vaccinated, go get vaccinated. Uh, Do the research there. The anti-vax thing is not true. And so um, I think you can just do that, be a part of the solution, but I don't think we can worry. Uh, Not that we don't worry 7.7 years for the world. That's a daunting number, but we just have to try to give the, it's not our responsibility to take care of the whole world.
0: Yeah. So what are you, what are you going to do about travel?
1: I am hoping to travel and be responsible. Are you going to
0: travel to places where, but, 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 cause usually you're cheap. So you like to book like six years out, 7.7
1: years out. I have already booked an international trip for this fall.
0: I know. So what if But I bought
1: the insurance policy.
0: Yeah. But but look at what the UK is doing right now. They're they're saying when you get off the plane, it's twenty five hundred dollars in fourteen days, and there's your hotel room. You come out of that hotel room or you take off your tracker. We will throw you in jail. We will find the hell out of you. You're not leaving the the UK. And they included Americans in this. And you could spend up to 10 years in jail. And I think they're looking for a poster boy and a poster girl right now uh, to show people how serious they are about that. So as an American, you know, Ron, you always talk about how when we go into other cultures, we need to respect the culture are you going to get vaccinated at some point and then fly into other cultures where, you know, people don't have the vaccine and maybe suffering and go screw it, man. I want to travel. And I always want to go to Vietnam.
1: Uh, I will not be going to Vietnam. That's not where you, you understand the example. I understand though. the example. I, I think,
0: uh, and at the same time, a lot, a lot, a lot of these countries, they, they, they need, they, your need tourists. Tourist dollars. they need your tourist dollars.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I, I think you, you be responsible. I'm going to get vaccinated. Uh, and then if, if it's still restricted, when my ticket comes up, then you cancel the ticket. That's why you buy insurance. So, uh, you know, I have a sense of optimism. I'm moving forward. I want to spend my hard earned American dollars in other parts of the world to boost their economy. And so I don't have a problem with that. If, if, if I can't go, then you cancel again, but I'm not going to spend my life living worst case scenarios all the time. Yeah.
0: You know, what's interesting what Japan did because they, they're they doing really well right now when it comes to COVID-19. And so scientists are interested. And they said, what do you do? They said, well, when people here are asked to socially distance, they socially distance. People here, when they're asked to do something for love and for country and for other people, they're used to making sacrifices. And, and you saw that. In the way that the Japanese even fought and fought for each other in a losing war during World War II. Uh, What they were willing to do for God and country uh, was incredible. And specifically the emperor. So everybody there, they wear a mask, they socially distance. And then the only difference is this. They they haven't shut down all their businesses. They just make sure they shut down bars and restaurants at 8 o'clock at night. From the beginning... And they said, shutting down those bars and restaurants, eight o'clock at night, not grocery stores, not brick and mortar, bars and restaurants, masks on, socially distancing has made all the difference. Hey, you guys, thanks for stopping by. Ron and Don Show, we really appreciate you. Again, don't forget, we're licensed brokers at Windermere. If you would love for us to be a part of your real estate journey, we would love to talk to you. All you have to do is go to ronanddonsitdown.com or reach out to Ron personally, ronatwindermere.com and we'll send her our buyer's playbook or seller's playbook if you're getting ready to enter the market in 2021. He's Ron, I'm Don, my son's in school, and Charlie the dog's laying over on the floor. You keep your head up, your shoulders back. We'll see you next time only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Hey, thanks for listening to the Ron and Don Show. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and find some black belt courage. Ah! I'm not dead i <laughs> <laughs>